Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Chargers are in the playoffs for the first time since 2018. It wasn't exactly like we thought it might be this year, but hey, once you get in, you get your guys healthy, you're playing your best football, which is exactly what the Chargers are doing right now. Hey, how about the Chargers? Hey, I'm going to keep it short and sweet because you guys did it all. Hey, all three phases, all three phases of the game. We came in here to dominate the game, and that's what we did. Okay, we talked about it this morning, about it being our way. All right, our way, all three phases. All three phases, everybody in powder blue, regardless of your role. It's been a special ride. Your toughness has gotten you to this point. Their toughness has gotten them to this point in the general lack of entertainment of last night's game has gotten it relegated from this point. We're going to talk about Chargers over Colts, the 20 to 30. Wow. How dare you? Later in the program, because nobody cares. Other than, <laughs> congratulations, Chargers, you made it to the playoffs. Other than that, Chris, that I, I don't want to start down the rabbit hole right now, but there's nothing in the rabbit hole. It was a boring, there's some, there's some, some interesting moments that will address a few of them but for the most part it was just kind of like here we are we're so spoiled by these exciting games this year you get a clunker like that it stands out yeah no I I mean I hear you there was certainly no sizzle to to the game at all I mean there was no electricity in it and uh yes it's with the quarterback play the Colts and all that it it felt like there was no chance that they really had in winning the football game. So, okay, so we'll we'll put it on the back burner for other news. Either way, how are you? Merry Christmas. Hope it went well. I'm tired as hell today. I don't know how you feel, but I'm tired as hell. I feel good today. I actually slept six hours last night, which is more than I've slept any night in at least the last week. The whole thing about the holidays, you kind of get accustomed to being frazzled and tired and sleep deprived all day Christmas I was just you feel it behind your eyes you know with that kind of tired up to late Christmas Eve enjoying Christmas Eve 
up too early Christmas morning, even though the days of having the little kid bouncing off the walls at 6 a.m. have long since ended. If anything, it bought us more time to get, you know, the Christmas gifts ready for my son since he's the last one up now. But it was just a long day. And hovering over the entire day, not that I'm complaining, still beats working for a living, was the fact that we had a show that night. Sure. But, uh, I I, uh, I had to, you know, stay within a certain range of sobriety throughout the course of the day. Couldn't take my post-Christmas meal nap which is what I ordinarily do, had to pay close attention to the games. Wow. So it was, a great, it was a great day. You had to adjust. It was a great day. Family was here. Family was here. I figured I'll sleep when I'm dead. I, and uh, I slept last night, so I feel good today. All right, good, good. It good. sounds like you're tired. It good. sounds like you're still – you're sleeping off – Whatever, I, I whatever don't, I don't even know what it is. I don't after you got home. Right. I, I don't know what it is. I don't, you know, it's like, I think you said it right. It's just like the you're week, getting old, the week leading up to it, the season catching up to you all together. You're right. You know, this is usually a week where you get like an extra day or two off to kind of catch your breath for the final stretch here. The fact that it fell on Saturday nope. and Sunday. Yeah. Totally screwed us there. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it was like last night in the fourth quarter. I mean, we know it wasn't that exciting of a game, but I was sitting here on the couch going, wow, like I feel like I'm about to pass out here and fall asleep. And when I woke up this morning, holy cow, it was tough to get up and get going today. So uh, I'm uh, more tired than usual. I don't know what that is. My coffee hasn't hit the spot yet. Well, you don't look tired. Hey, I won't thanks. insult thanks a you lot. I appreciate remark. it. Hey, thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You look hungover. You uh, don't look tired. Okay. Uh, uh, welcome to PFC Live presented. Okay. Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Hello to the audience watching on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 85. Our good friends in the UK and Ireland who are enjoying the program on Sky Sports. That's been so many years now. I can't even remember how long it's been. Three, four, five. I don't know. Podcast been around ever since the show first launched as a digital endeavor back in early 2011. So we're still here nearly 12 We're still later, here. And we keep going. Oreo's here. You're, you're here five and a half. You're, in, you're into your sixth year of yeah. dealing with this, which I, is it, amazing. It, hey, it's amazing. It's gone that fast. But it, it's cool, man. I'm glad to be working with you. You know, you're, you're a friend now. You're part of the family. You're like an extension. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the ride, man. It's gone quick. It really has. Did, did, did you tell Did you, Did you tell Philip, Uncle Mike said, get your damn hair I cut? I did. I told him. I did. I, did. I told him. some muscle. I said it. I, we, you know, we had a few laughs with him this weekend with the family and all that, and I got out the text, and I was like, hey, my work buddy, my buddy Mike Florio, he said Merry Christmas. But he said to cut your damn hair. <laughs> so I, I delivered it just like that. Uh, and he just shook his head. And, and, and I, suspect, I suspect he said, Uncle Mike can go F himself. <laughs> not if, yet. Uh, he's not yet. Uh, been properly indoctrinated into the Sims way. All right. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's start with something that popped up yesterday afternoon. A, yeah. a little leftover, unexpected from the Christmas game. The first one, the 1 p.m. Eastern game between the Packers and the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel, coach of the Dolphins, meeting with reporters on Monday with a disclosure that no one really expected from the team's head coach. Here he is. Also placed Tua in the concussion protocol. I'm not totally sure this is something that just came came across um, my plate a couple hours ago. Uh, as far as the, the game was concerned, there was, a, there was you know, no one... Um, recognized anything 
uh, with with regard to any sort of um, hit. I can't really tell you exactly when it was. I'm not totally positive on that, um, but it was it was something that um, you know he, he met with the doctors uh, um, today and discussed um, some uh, symptoms and. They, uh, from from that, uh, as you guys know, from there on, that's uh, between two and the doctors, and um, we'll, we'll move forward as information is uh, projected towards us. This is fascinating to me on one specific level, and and we've got a lot to unpack here because this has been an ongoing theme throughout the season. It had subsided for weeks ever since Tua returned from the concussion he clearly had against the Bengals four days after the one he may have had, although the team and Tua continues to insist he didn't against the Bills. That moment in late September sparked a closer scrutiny of the treatment of recognition of head injuries in the NFL. And I think an acceptance, there's only so much you can do in real time to fully spot it. And I'm not saying it's okay. I think we just accept the fact now that there are imperfections and do they need to be ironed out? Yes, but there still are imperfections. But let's start with the hit. Yeah, I saw it. I, and I, I, don't ex- I don't expect Mike McDaniel to see everything when he's on the sideline right. trying to coach the team. But you got people all over the place watching these games, and you've got a guy who has had one, maybe two concussions this year. Both of them happened when his head struck the turf. Here yep. it is right. with under three minutes to play in the second quarter. His head hits the ground again. Now, he's away from the ball at the time, but you still have people everywhere watching this. And folks on social media had clipped the video and posted it on Christmas Day. Yeah. Not long after the game ended, if not during the game of this moment. People saw it. So that's the hit, Mike McDaniel. You may have been busy coaching the team. You may have been thinking about what's my next play here on second down after this pass is thrown and you may not have just seen that boom that happened but Chris you texted yesterday you saw it when it happened people did notice it but nobody charged with watching these things we've we've seen the imperfections of the spotter function we saw it with Devontae Parker a few weeks ago even though they issued a statement late last week I think it was a December 23 Friday bad news dump by the league circling the wagons and making excuses for the spotters who missed the Devontae Parker ataxia the new buzzword I I'd like to know why no one from the Dolphins at any level in any shape or form intervened after his head struck the turf and decided maybe we should just you know give this guy an evaluation right how long does it take to take a look at him and talk to him so that that that's troubling to me Given his history, we're going to treat these guys as patients, not players. His history would suggest you see his head hit the ground. You should at least take a look at him and make sure he's okay. Yeah, it's kind of shocking. I mean, I think you're saying it right. The history, the player, Tua, I mean, he's so popular in the NFL, one of the leaders in the Pro Bowl voting. This is a huge story. It's a standalone game on Christmas Day, right? Uh, I, I'm there as soon as it happened. Producer Matt Casey, who we you know is our friend and our, our workmate, we we right away went ooh, like because we we recognized that's the same type of way like you discussed. It's it's how he got the concussion, you know, against the what was it the Buffalo Bills originally, and then the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Yes. So. Uh, well, well, and again, again, you right. got to be well, careful the because one, they get they get they get mad if yeah. you say you had a concussion. I'm you sorry. didn't have a concussion; you had a back injury. Back injury. Although anyone with a brain, injury, right? 
Anyone with a brain and eyes and can see that knew that it was a head injury, but yeah. no, no, right. it wasn't. Right, right. Yeah, uh, I mean, here he, it is. He, back in late right. September, he hurt his back and his his ankle here because his his brain wasn't working. So that's why. I mean, that's that's what he happened right walk, there. I mean, I mean, it's hey, hey oh, it's, my brain yeah, doesn't work, yeah. so my back and ankle gave out. Oh, now my back and ankle are hurt. Oh, yeah, it's a back and ankle injury. Sure, it is. Okay, so yeah. either way, that's long gone. But that's surprising, right? I mean, that's where you, you said it right, Mike. I mean, it's just such a popular player who has a history. And I, I don't sit here and blame Mike McDaniel at all. Again, I, you know, we had this discussion, right, the first time around. When, when they start to pay him to be the doctor of the team, too, then I'll start to hold him accountable. But, hey, he's calling a play. He's watching the ball down the field. As soon as the guy gets tackled, he's, hey, 21 personnel, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's, so it's not his job to, you know, look back at the quarterback and evaluate how he hit the ground after he threw the football. You're, you said it right. We got people. We have, we're the NFL. We got people in place to look at this. And how do you not recognize that to me is a little shocking. There's no doubt. Now, I will say this. There's a difference between Mike McDaniel not noticing it as it happened. Yeah. And right. nobody mentioning to Mike McDaniel. Is it is it possible the organization just still didn't know at the moment McDaniel told the world about the concussion? We don't know when it happened. I mean, it's okay for him to have not seen it. It's not okay by the time he's telling the world about it. Yeah, I hear you no there. No one in the organization has figured it out and said to him, I think it was two minutes and 37 seconds or thereabouts in quarter number two when his head struck the ground. And Warren Sharp posted something. I think they're chicken there, Mike. That's all I'm saying. I think they're scared to admit that it was in the, that they, you know, they don't want to say it. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. Right. It's a bad look that nobody evaluated him then and we're, we're two minutes from halftime remember the whole Cameron Brait thing where he clearly struck his head into the chest of a teammate and was allowed to return to the game and wasn't evaluated until halftime of the game that's when they spotted it then because they noticed symptoms yeah from Cameron Brait that was something that was in the aftermath of the the Tua situation back in late September, early October. I think it was the week four. Yeah, it was the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Bucks. That's when that happened. And it was obvious. It was obvious. And they gave us this song and dance at the time. All the spotters thought that that uh, his his shoulder hit the teammate, not his head. Well, the spotters need to get their eyes checked, frankly, if that's what they think. So these spotters, I don't get it with these spotters. I don't get There's two of them. And, you know, the the – the Devontae Parker thing was all about, well, one was doing something else. And what, look, this, this stuff's inexcusable. And to me, as, and, and I'm, I'm channeling John Madden, who died a year ago tomorrow. He would get livid when he saw these failures after he was retired, but he was still consulting with the NFL. And his attitude was, if the people that we have hired to do these jobs cannot do them effectively, fire them and get other people to do these jobs. It's too important to have anything other than somebody who is completely committed and conscientious and capable of doing this job, period. If we're trying to protect these guys, and supposedly we are, it's not just window dressing and BS. We're really trying to protect them. This isn't acceptable. And Tua Tagovailoa striking his head is not acceptable. Now, Chris, here's the next question. Because it wasn't specified by McDaniel. Yeah. Who started this process? Did did they go to... Sounds like Tua did. Tua? Because... Or did Tua go to them? 
Sounds like right? Tua did, just the it way they laid it clear. out. Right, right. Yeah, I, but they did. But they, you know, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. And again, we don't get a ton of transparency with this. Oh yeah, they're trying to tell us they don't know when it happened. What if? What if they're watching the film after? And I was mentioning this earlier. Warren Sharp pointed out that before the concussion happened, if or concussion protocol, because you know we, we're we're in this. We're in this mindset now. It happened with Matthew Stafford a few weeks ago. Well, he's in the concussion protocol, but he didn't have a concussion. Mm-hmm. But he's in the concussion protocol. Okay, fine. He, he, but he's in the concussion protocol. That's We'll accept that. If you don't want to say he has a concussion, I don't get it. But before whatever it is that caused him to be in the protocol, if this is the hit, if that's the moment, the one we've shown, he was 9 for 12 for 229 yards, 19.1 yards per attempt. One touchdown, no picks. 19.1 yards per attempt. Yeah. Before the hit. After the hit, 7 for 13, 81 yards, 6.2 yards per attempt, no touchdowns and three interceptions on consecutive drives in the fourth quarter. So maybe they were watching film yesterday, breaking it down, studying it. You know, are we sure he was okay after that? Like, you know, he said after the game that there was a missed read or a miscommunication or something. Was he really thinking straight and – Oh, hey, hey, you know, there's this play where his head hit the ground. Or, hey, well, don't talk about that yet. Oh, let's not talk about let's not talk about that publicly yet. Whatever. I just feel like there may have been some institutional conversations that got the doctors to go talk to Tua. I, I wouldn't be shocked to Tua by that. Coming forward, because I don't think Tua's wired to do it. Quarter, quarterbacks and players and guys who who's, you know, other than Ben Roethlisberger, the only guy to ever do it. I remember when he did it seven, eight years ago. Everyone was like, oh, the culture of the National Football League has changed. No, it hasn't. Ben's just a guy who's sufficiently comfortable with his status that he can do it because he's not worried about losing his job. He's not worried about being Wally Pipped. Tua is, and most guys are. You don't want to step aside from your job and give someone else a chance to do it because if they do it well enough, you're done. You're gone. It's over, especially if you've developed a reputation for being a guy that gets too many concussions. Yeah, that's and, right. Especially if no, you love the sport. No, we're going to play the guy that doesn't have that. Right. If you yes. love the sport, you're so, a competitor. I, you might not want to just say I, yeah. it. You know, you don't want to say it. You don't want to go, well, gosh, I'm going to tell them I have another concussion. It's my third in the year. You know, oh, man. I mean, and now we're getting to a point where it, it's starting to we're keeping a meter on how many concussions I've had. Which means when we're starting to keep like track, that means that we're it's too many, and that means too many, you know, a few more that you're not going to be playing football. So you're going to get guys to be reluctant at times. Yeah, hopefully you get guys that recognize the danger in it too and will come forward. But you know, to your point, more times than not, no, these are guys that this is their livelihood. This is what they love to do, and they don't want to hear that type of stuff. It's almost ignorance is bliss in this conversation to a degree. And Mike, I'm with you. I mean, film or or social media. That that was where my mind went originally. That somebody, hey, you know, there's there's some clips on social media where people think this play Tua might have hurt his head, and that put that on the radar for them to then you know look at it closer when they got in the building Monday morning to go through film. I wouldn't be shocked if it kind of went down that way either. But yeah, it'd be interesting yep. to know the process and how it totally unfolded. And I, I mean. Dolphins are one of the this is one of the biggest stories in the sport. It's Tua. The Dolphins themselves are one of the biggest stories in the sport. I mean, what we're seeing right now, we all thought, "Ooh, man, they're dangerous and if they get in the AFC playoffs, watch out." Now they're on the outside looking in. I mean, 
this is uh, this is kind of unbelievable how it's all unfolding in front of us right now. I think they're still barely hanging on to the last spot at eight and seven, but barely. Barely. Uh, you might and be right. They, they are. You're two, right. They're they at eight and four seven. Four in a row. They were yes. eight and three. Right. They were eight and three, and they've lost four in a row. And I actually bumped them up in the power rankings last week. We were so impressed by what they did in Buffalo, right. even in defeat for their third straight game. It was this game against the Packers that makes people view them differently. But I, look, I, I like your theory that they came in yesterday. And somebody in the organization spotted the video on social media, yeah. And uh, and and that sparked a discussion, a conversation, and ultimately a decision to approach Tua and evaluate him, where he was never going to come forward and say, "I'm not feeling right." But but you know what? If that's true, then that means Mike McDaniel wasn't being honest, and I don't want to go there because I think he's an honest guy. I think he's he's too authentic and transparent and real to stand up there and lie to us. I just don't now. And maybe maybe you know maybe he doesn't know all the exact details of how the conversation unfolded yet. I I don't know. You're right though. He wouldn't be one to lie, and especially when they got almost in trouble the first time, where they they don't want to be caught here and have it affect them. I, I would be shocked if Mike McDaniel lied about that. Well, the other explanation is nobody's bothered to tell him. Right, that right. They found this video of Tua hitting his head. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe maybe they know that that if they tell him head struck turf late second quarter, nobody saw it or did anything about it, he'll lose his mind on them. And he'll he'll be mad. Maybe that's the explanation that they're treading lightly around him because he's made it clear he doesn't mess around with this stuff, and he will be upset with anyone who may have failed in their responsibility to notify someone when they saw the head strike the ground and recognize the history of the player, the history of the patient. That was the big takeaway from the NFLPA's reaction the last time around. They want the players to be treated as patients, not players. So if you have this specific history and your head hits the ground, at a minimum, we're going to take five minutes at halftime and make sure you are okay. And I don't get the impression anyone bothered to do that at any point on Sunday. Here's McDaniel talking about whether and to what extent he is worried about Tua having had multiple head injuries this season. Here he is. I just want guys to... Um, to to really be done right by by uh, you know the information we have, the science, all the medical, um, really all the medical expertise that we rely on. Um, you know, I I care very deeply about each and every player. Um, I take that serious. So, um, you know, I just I just want him uh, to get healthy and have peace of mind in that regard, and um, th- that's first and foremost. And then. Uh, you know, whatever those circumstances are after, you deal with after. But it's about uh, the human being and um, making sure he's uh, squared away. See, I think it's entirely possible that they did tread lightly around McDaniel because McDaniel's attitude, I would expect, is something like this. I'm not the doctor. I defer to the doctors. That's right. I defer to the experts. I'm just the coach of the team, but I expect you all to do your job the same way everybody else expects me to do my job. And if you mean to tell me that this guy's head struck the turf and nobody noticed it and nobody said anything about it and we just went about our business and we we learned about it from social media, yeah. 
please, I don't, I don't want to hear that crap. And so maybe that's why he doesn't know, because they know that he will be very upset if, if they do tell him that's how they found out about it, and that's what sparked someone to go talk to Tua. And lo and behold, he has the symptoms of a guy who has suffered a concussion now that we bother to take the time to actually evaluate him. So um, I wouldn't be I, shocked. It's just it's a bad situation yeah. all around. Yeah. Bad situation all around. Right. Now, I wouldn't be shocked, Mike. I mean, we've seen McDaniel on the sideline and a bunch of social video, social media videos, right, where he's, hey, get that effing fixed right now, right? I mean, he's he's not afraid to go, what the F are we doing? Or it's my fault, you know, my bad on that play call. I mean, he's he is a guy that owns it. And to the point here, again, of where it can be troubling to a head coach is, yeah, I'd like doctors and spotters and all that to do your job. So therefore, as a team, we can do our job and assess the situation a little bit. And maybe then that, oh, wait, wait oh, well, I mean, again, they might have lost a competitive advantage here because Tua was not himself in the second half. I mean, again, you can certainly, you know, connect the dots there a little bit to go, wait, I mean, a guy who's been pretty good with the football and, 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 and had a real good year have made three decisions in a row where you just go like, this is insane. I mean, the, this throw, the decision, everything about it's insane. It's late. This one's kind of insane too. I, I, I know he misread the coverage. The guy's not even looking. He just throws it. He doesn't see the middle linebacker. And then the last one's the worst of all. I mean, it's basic rules. This is probably one of the first plays he learned. You throw to that guy underneath until they take it away. The corner stayed back. You'd never throw this, let alone the ball was still six or seven yards short. So those are some things that line up to go, yeah, maybe he wasn't quite all there and all that in his defense. And if I'm the head coach, I'm pissed about that because I'm going, that was a big freaking game. And I maybe would have liked to have gotten into halftime knowing that and getting Teddy Bridgewater ready and getting him going there. And I think that's where you can be also mad, you know, as far as the, the competitive part of this whole process. And that's what makes this different from the normal situation, because usually what happens is we gloss over the potential head injury and the guy keeps going productively and effectively. Yeah, Remember Super right. Bowl 49, there was the question, Julian Edelman, should he be in? Should right. he be checked? Right. And the guy keeps playing, and he keeps playing well. Yeah. We haven't had a situation in this, because it's still a relatively small sample size. The number of times this happens, the number of years the NFL has been ultra-sensitive to it, there aren't a ton of these data points. Yeah, we're in the beginning. This is the first time where guy wasn't checked, guy was left in game, and quite possibly it bit the team that left him in the game. Right, right. That he did suffer That's, a dramatic drop yeah. because no one said we should check him out and we should shut him down. And uh, they could have won that game with Teddy Bridgewater. You that, take those three interceptions away and maybe they do win the game. You put Teddy out there for the whole second half, maybe they do win the game. And and that's that shouldn't matter at all to right. the analysis, but the point is... The point is the organizational failure to notice the hit and do anything about it 
actually bit the organization in the ass yeah, that's the by point. putting a potentially impaired player out there for the second half of the game. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. And then, you know, that that's where I think a, a coach would be certainly mad. I mean, there's a spotlight on this process already, and especially with this football team and the way they kind of bungled the first back ankle issue. Okay, yeah, right, let's throw the progressive red flag and challenge that and go back to the videotape. But, yeah, there's that, and then, of course – you know, they have a viable backup and a guy that, yeah, I mean, in a game where really, I, I mean, it, it felt as, I mean, you were there, you were watching, Mike. I mean, it felt like Miami was this close to blowing them out like a few times in the game and that it was going to take like monumental Miami mistakes for them to lose the game. And there you got the guy who banged his head, who's made the monumental mistakes and he hadn't made those mistakes. So I, I do think it's fair to wonder you know, if there was issues there, I, I do. And uh, from that standpoint, if I'm Mike McDaniel, I'm pissed about that too because we paid Teddy Bridgewater a lot of money to be a backup and come in in those situations and help us out. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Now, I want to address another dynamic that's popped up in the aftermath of this. A lot of the voices in the NFL media have Mm -hmm. chimed in with something along the lines of Tua should not play again this year. Period. And I don't know that that helps the situation at all. Because, first of all, why? If he recovers from this and is cleared by the appropriate protocols and processes, why would he not play right. as a football player? Right. How long do you extend this? Are you saying he should never play again? It's one thing to say, we think he's had too many and he should never play again. Okay, But to say he should just take the rest of the year off and never play again this year, I don't know how that helps anyone or anything. I don't know what, what science, medicine, common sense that's rooted in. It's just kind of like... Hey, we're exhausted with this topic. Do us a favor and put him on the sideline for the rest of the year so we don't have to wrestle with this, so we don't have to talk about this. I I think once he's cleared properly, appropriately, and effectively cleared to play, why wouldn't he play again if that's what he wants to do this season? 
It's a different issue as to whether he should ever play again, given the head injuries he suffered. And I think back to what Chris Collinsworth said that first game he came back, the Sunday nighter against Pittsburgh. He asked Tua in one of the production meetings if Tua's parents want him to keep playing, and he said, I don't know. He may be getting some pressure from family members to step away. But that's different from just this weird, broad brush he shouldn't play again this season. I'd be less uncomfortable with he should never play again at all than I am with he should never play again this season. Because, again, if he's cleared, what difference does it make whether it's this season or next season? If he's cleared and he wants to play, he should play. If we're going to talk about should he never play again, that, to me, is a more reasonable conversation than just shutting him down for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of context into this situation that's you know needs to be unpacked, and it's not necessarily, you know, I'm not a doctor. I think the first thing I would say is just that it does seem like there's the knowledge out there, the the you know again that hey the 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 brain being bruised as it is in a concussion process that hey the more time the merrier as far as letting it heal and having something pop up you know again maybe. You know, quite as quickly or with lack of a big time hit to the head. I mean, it seems to be that's out there. I don't know that exact science, Mike. I'm not sure there. And also, too, there's the the thought of again. I don't want to sound insensitive, but the severity of the concussion would certainly be a part of the conversation for me. Again, you know, the bell rung was just the bell rung forever until like three years ago, which was you know now it's the concussion and you're in the protocol, but. We got a lot of people in football, me and self, my, myself included, where I got up a few times and saw three, and it's like, you know, Mick said hit the one in the middle. Okay, there's the one in the middle. Well, I mean, in today's day, I'd, I'd, I'd be in concussion protocol probably. Then I was just go, oh, man, I got hit in the head. Doctor going, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Gosh, it, it kind of knocked me out for a loop for a second, but I'm okay. I mean, that's how it went back in that day, let alone even worse than my father's day or Terry Bradshaw's day. So I do think the severity of the concussion when you're talking about season ending or career ending is is got to be a part of the conversation as well. Well, I think part of it is PR. Remember when he yeah. had the concussion against the Bengals? He was cleared to return for the game against the Vikings, but they still didn't play him. And and I think that's part of what creeps into this. Just the idea we screwed this up again. Another bad look for the organization. We're just not going to play him again this year because we can't take any more of these bad looks. We don't want to put ourselves in a position where we screw this up again. We've had enough. And you wonder what kind of pressure they may be getting from the league to shut him down for the rest of the year. It doesn't make sense from a medicine and science standpoint. If he's cleared, he's cleared. Right. If he's passed all right. the steps to come back, there's very careful analysis, five levels, more and more exercise and constant monitoring by the independent neurological consultant and the team doctor and you do a little bit more and you do a little bit more and are you okay yeah he's okay he's better he's better he's fine he's healed okay he's cleared well maybe he's not maybe maybe we just don't want to put him back in harm's way given what happened the last time and that to me is when the question of should he ever play again becomes more relevant than should he not play again this year. And and this is the first guy in this relatively limited sample size yeah. of concussions and and being cleared to return. The first quarterback, Javid Best was the first guy that right. just kind of 
got to the point where nobody's going to clear this guy to ever play again, given his history of concussions. And that that's that's ultimately the thing that it doesn't matter if to his parents want him to play, if anyone else close to him wants him to play, and he just gives in and says, I'm not going to play, I'm going to step away from my chosen profession, and you know, I'm 25, 26 years old, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I want to play football until I'm, I'm, I, I, I lack my physical skills and can't do it anymore. Well, okay, I'll, I'll agree with you and not play. That's different from not being able to find a doctor anywhere that will sign the paperwork. We went through this with Mike White. He went to 10 different doctors trying to get somebody to say, I'll clear you to play with a rib that may snap off and puncture your lung. And he couldn't find anyone to do it. That That's the the dynamic that we need to consider now and moving forward with Tua. As he finishes the third year of his career, how long until he can't get cleared by anyone to play? That, to me, is a more relevant question than should he or should he choose to step aside. There's going to be a point where it's not going to be his choice, Chris. There's going to be a point where he just won't find anyone that says, I'm putting my name and my reputation on this piece of paper that says Tua Tonga-Vailoa is cleared. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I think that's a real possibility. you, you got to be worried about that if you're Tua, if you're the Dolphins. Uh, I, I do. I, I hope, again, it's about the information and the testing and the evaluation of the brain and not necessarily the number of concussions. Because like we've said, I mean, you know, you're in concussion protocol now if you just, you know, for some reason – Hey, the spotter who failed in this instance sees anything at times. We see guys go, man, they're in the concussion protocol. And I hear from coaches and players all the time where, yeah, it can be a little annoying because a guy's like, I'm totally fine. I didn't even get hit in the head, but they get thrown out of the game. So there's got to be that balance there. But then also, I mean, I think to the point, Mike, you know, we're talking here too is, yeah, you know, again, I, I go back to Tua and his size, the size of the human being once again. Again, that, that that does not happen to Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes where they just get tackled at the feet and they can't control their head and their neck from hitting the ground, you know, because they're bigger humans. They're able to control that force there. And, yeah, I just worry about that with Tua in general. That was a talk. He's a smaller human being. He's, as as the announcer said during the game the other day, he's not terribly elusive either. He's quick and hopping around the pocket. He's not very fast. And, man, now you're playing the Patriots, who got a good pass rush and a lot of big dudes, and then you got the Jets the next week after that. That's where I think about two of the human being and worry about him a little going forward. I said this in the aftermath of the hit that he took against the Bengals. The physics are not in his favor. No. So you have to do different things to avoid putting yourself in a position where a guy can swing you around and – and throw your head onto the ground or just routine pull you down and your head snaps and hits the ground. Drew Brees never had that happen to him because he knew I've got to get rid of this football before I'm ever in a position where one of these guys who is so much larger than me will start to manipulate my body in a way that may cause me to, to hit the ground hard and hit my head hard. And to a, to his credit, he's fearless. He's fearless to the point where he has put himself unnecessarily in harm's way. And that may be the great irony here. The guy is so courageous and he plays with such a reckless abandon that he may be abandoned by any doctor ultimately that that would be in a position to say 
he's allowed to continue to play. And and I think at some point the NFL, the giant football machine made up of constantly interchangeable parts, will, for its own best interests, pull Tua out and set him aside. We, You know, if we're going to be sensitive to head injuries, we need guys who aren't sensitive to head injuries. We need guys that don't have a bunch of concussions. We just can't do that because that makes everybody – I'm I hate to say this, but that's that's kind of the mindset, right? If we have a guy that keeps getting concussions and keeps making this a talking point and keeps being the center of this, that's what when Tua was interviewed by Maria Taylor, he's very uncomfortable with it because I think he understands. At a certain point, it becomes a scarlet letter. Right. And they're just not going to want you in the league. They're not going to want you on the Dolphins. They're not going to want you on any team because – we got to worry about the next two a concussion, right. and we, we'd rather have guys play that we never have that conversation, even if they are just expertly hiding the symptoms or whatever the case may be, grabbing their knee instead of their head. You know, we know all that stuff happens, but the point is, once you start getting flagged, you do get that scarlet letter. You do get that stigma. You do create an issue, a complication, an unfortunate inconvenience for the league that that puts you at risk of the same collective mindset that we've seen apply to others the league the machine the 31 independent businesses that is held together under the shield under big shield under that umbrella they they just they shy away from certain people for certain reasons legal pr whatever the case may be That's the concern I'd have as well, that at some point that machine that is the NFL is just going to say, we can't do it. We can't we can't we can't let this guy be part of it. Yeah, I I agreed. You know, it's it's, I think it's something that is going to be on radar. My history in the NFL, there's two and, you know, of course, nobody in the NFL likes injury history. Right. So anytime there's a player that's got any injury history, it's concerning to a football team. But it goes to another level with two injuries. When anything, there's neck or head, and it's a little bit, whoa, there's too much, or there's a little worry there, you get, you get uh, you know, put in the black book, or, or, or for lack of a better phrase, black ball than the NFL, as far as teams just don't want to take the risk of having to deal with that, that, that story and the repercussions of what could happen there. So that, that's where it's interesting. And I do wonder, Mike, too, are we going to hit the point here one day where, like you just talked about with Tua, you know, they're going to play Minnesota. He's cleared, right? But they keep him out just because of the optics of the situation. You know, when is that going to happen? Like, oh, you know, th- th- that, 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 I could see that being a problem at some point, too. A team going to a player and going, hey, you're cleared, but we'd like you to sit out another week. It'll only be a matter of time before a player goes, no, 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 I was cleared and I'm playing. It's my life. Be quiet, but uh, this is a sensitive subject, and I think it's something that the NFL is going to have to continue to dive into and get details, and uh, we'll see where this goes with Tua. This is very interesting with such a big game uh, on the horizon this weekend against the Patriots. I'll be stunned if he plays this weekend against the Patriots, and I'll be stunned if he plays in Week 18, and at this point they don't have him. I I think that's going to be part of it. I I think that it, it's it's just too much. If you're one of the 32 owners, I mean, we have to remember how this business works. The commissioner works for the 32 owners, and there's a handful of them that call the shots. And you get to a point where you're like, you know, 
this season, on one hand, we've been able to stick our chests out and talk about all the close games and the fourth quarter comebacks. It's been exciting. It's a great time for the National Football League. We're two years removed from the pandemic. Everybody's making money. But, you know, we got to deal with this. This Tua thing keeps popping up. This isn't good for anybody. Let's no, we're hey, you you get let's get Steve Ross on the phone here and make sure he understands the way it's got to be. Here's the way it's got to be, Steve. They I'm sorry. I know you wanted to make the playoffs this year, but the collective interests of the game are bigger than that. It's going to drag us down if this Tua thing continues to be something that idiots like Florio and Sims talk about for the first 40 minutes of their show. We'd rather them talk about football games. We'd rather them talk about exciting comebacks. We'd rather them talk about anything but this. That I, How is that not part of the conversation when you get behind closed doors? We, we know in any business the conversations that happen behind closed doors are a hell of a lot different than the ones that happen out in the open. How is that not the most obvious conversation? The impact of this constant Tua drama on our business in a negative way. That, and, and I feel bad for Tua. And this is why players don't come forward with their symptoms. Because that's the end game. If you're causing these issues excessively, and if you become the guy who is identified with it, and you keep having these concussions, it is just a matter of time before they're done with you. It is just a matter of time before they say, we're not clearing you, or we're not keeping you. We're just you, There's just no place for you at this table because you are the guy who keeps suffering these head injuries that's dragging down the whole sport. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's real. And those are actual considerations that the folks who run the sport are going to have. How could they not? Agreed. Agreed, Mike. I'm, I'm with you there all the way. They've they, they got to protect the sport, protect the shield at the, at the very least. And, yeah, this is a huge subject. You know, in households with children playing football everywhere is the protection of the, the, the brain and the head. And this is a quarterback that has a following of little kids in his in UBC. He's got a mafia in the social media. It's a mafia. You can't say anything about him. You can't. And they just absolutely attack you and tear you apart. And they don't want to hear it. So that in itself, this is a quarterback – with a huge following, and it's a sensitive subject, and it's one that's already got a spotlight on it, and now there's two spotlights on it, so they got to be careful. Yes, absolutely. We'll continue to follow this story as it develops, but I'll be surprised if we see him again this year. And that's not me saying he shouldn't play again this year. I think the broader question is, should he ever play again? But if he's cleared, he should play. I have a feeling they're not going to clear him for reasons other than whether or not he is in a position where he can and should be cleared. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, there are now three head coaching vacancies in the National Football League. The day after Christmas resulted in the firing of Nathaniel Hackett. We'll break that down from every angle when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.